Before we dive into reading the passage of this morning, I want to open with the words of Jesus from Mark 1.15 as he began his earthly ministry. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. With Jesus' proclamation of the gospel of God, the ever-expanding kingdom circle of God's chosen people continues to grow from that day forward, even now and even unto eternity. Kingdom of God people are those who have repented of their sin, they have renounced and forsaken the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of darkness of which they were once citizens, and they now live in and for the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God people are those who have been given to the work of the kingdom. They have been given the message of the kingdom. As 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto God. In other words, the message of the kingdom people is the message of the gospel of God. And the message of the gospel of God is... That the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Enter the kingdom. That's what we're saying when we proclaim the gospel of God. It's enter the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now is the time to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Enter the kingdom. In today's passage, we're going to see that John, John's, uh, in John's gospel, he answers very, very important questions for all of us and for all of those that we might proclaim this message to is how can I enter into the kingdom of God? What is the way in? How do I find my way out of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of, of this world? He answers, who is it that does enter into the kingdom of God? What kinds of people are included in the kingdom of God? How do kingdom people live? What are the attributes of the leader of the kingdom? So let us turn our attention now to John's gospel in chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 21. And as you might be able to tell, I have entitled this morning's message, Enter the Kingdom. So let's read the first 21 verses. John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me, all who came before me, are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a higher hand and not a shepherd, who does not know the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a higher hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, I only know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, but I must bring them in also, but they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a, a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, life-changing word of the Lord. Throughout the Old Testament, God used men to lead people. Shepherds, they were called. They were shepherds. They were called shepherds whether they were a prophet, a priest, or a king. By their office, their duty was to lead God's people. For example, turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 27. Moses here is entering his last days. And Moses has a petition to God. He makes his petition to God. Let's look at, at Numbers 27, and uh, let us begin in uh, verse 15. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them, and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. A sheep that have no shepherd. See, Moses asked for a replacement leader to bring people in and to lead them out. A shepherd to guard and protect the sheep. A shepherd that is led by the Spirit to care for the spiritual health of God's people. As our passage ended last week, uh, and this which begins in the same way that last week's end, and it's really an indictment against God's shepherd, namely the Pharisees, those who should have known. Let us look more closely at the first three verses. How do you get in? So I'm telling you this morning to the kingdom of God at the hand, repent and believe the gospel. If you're not in Christ Jesus this morning, you should ask yourself, then how do I get in? Because when God says, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel, it's not a request. I want everybody to get that. That is never a request. It is a command. Enter the kingdom of God, repent and believe the gospel. It's a command. It is a command for believers, it's a command for unbelievers. It is just a command. God said it. That's, that's what's being told to you. It's a command. And these 
Pharisees should have heard the command of God, should have heard the word of God and heed it. And so, Jesus here makes some pointed things. But for us, how do I get in? How do you get in to the kingdom? For Jesus begins here in verses 1 to 3. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. So historically, a sheepfold was a courtyard, and they often employed a gatekeeper uh, as a hired hand, and he would uh, keep watch, or sometimes the shepherd himself would keep watch. But it was to ward off an intrusion by either covert or violent means. This is the thief and the robber, right? The idea that one would be either by covert, hidden, or by some violent means that they would enter in and uh, get the sheep. To enter the sheepfold, in another sense, was to go home. It was to be, it was the pathway home. To enter the sheepfold meant to go home. In our passage, to enter the sheepfold was to be brought home to God. So, as Jesus is making this statement, one must enter by the door, right? One must not enter by covert or by thievery or by violence. They must enter through the door. There, there's a way home. Jesus says, if we're in the kingdom, here's how you get in. You gotta get in through the door. You gotta get in through by God's means. You have to follow God's way to get into the door. And in the context of Jesus' ministry here, the thieves and the robbers are the religious leaders who are far more interested in extorting work for their personal gain than they are for nurturing, guiding the flock, and restoring them spiritually. They are the leaders of chapter 9 who are blinded by their own sense of superiority. They are unable to see Jesus as the Messiah, as he is. And therefore they don't guide the sheep in the truth. Instead they deliver the sheep. And they expel the sheep from the fold. And the point we're making here this morning is that the people of God, in this, in what Jesus is saying, is that the people of God have been left without guidance, left without protection, left without nurture. They've been neglected by these poor shepherds. They are to live, but there's a different way to enter to the kingdom of God than the one prescribed by God in his word and according to the Spirit. There's, no, there's another way to enter this kingdom, and this kingdom is by following the rules that we have set up that are even extra rules beyond what the law states. If you follow these rules, you can enter the kingdom of God. You are worthy. They have supposed it's a different way. Well, the shepherd's job is to deliver, to deliver God's kingdom to God's people and deliver God's people to God's kingdom. It's a distinction with a difference, slightly. As Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God, he was delivering God's kingdom to God's people. Right? As, as the preacher comes up and he preaches God's word, he's delivering the kingdom of God to God's people. The shepherd's job is also to take God's people and move them into the kingdom as well. Right? It's a twofold thing. The shepherds here were supposed to have delivered God's kingdom to God's people and deliver God's people to God's kingdom. How does a person enter the kingdom of God? 
Well, here's the thing. They cannot enter unless deliverance comes. The people of God are those to whom the kingdom has been delivered. The people of God, though, need a deliverer to lead them out of the kingdom of the world, out of the kingdom of darkness, and into the kingdom of light. Turn in your Bible with me to Ezekiel chapter 34, or where your thumb was, if you uh, heeded what I said earlier. <laughs> Ezekiel 34. I'm going to look at the first four verses, and then we'll look at some others here. But let's look at the first four verses. And this is the prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, in line with what Jesus is doing here at the first part of John's Gospel, chapter 10. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophecy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness, you have ruled them. This is the indictment here to the Pharisees. The shepherds of Jesus' day were prophesied here in Ezekiel, feeding themselves, starving the sheep. There's no care for the flock. The flock has been abandoned. They are sheep without a shepherd. We look at what verse 10 says of Ezekiel uh, 34. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. God promises intervention. God promises deliverance for the sheep, for their abuse. Now, look at what he says in verse 11 through 16. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. As the shepherd seeks out his flock, and when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak, and the fat, and the strong, and I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. See, God says, I myself will be the shepherd. I myself will bring in the strength. I myself will be the strength for the weak. Back to our text in John 10. Who is it that gets in? How do we get in? It's through the door. Through the open door of Jesus Christ, right? That's how we get in. Well, who gets in? It is those 
that he calls by name. It is those that he leads out. And verse 4, when he has brought in all of his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. God has opened the entry to the kingdom. Jesus is saying, the prophesied shepherd has come. God says, I will be the shepherd of the sheep. I will be the one who seeks them out. I will be the one that heals. I will be the one that gathers the scattered. I will be the one that binds up the lame. Right? And Jesus, in this passage, is saying, the shepherd has come. The promised shepherd of Ezekiel 34 has come. The people who truly belong to the flock of God listen to and believe my words, Jesus would say. If you truly belong to the flock of God, you listen and believe my words because they are the very words of God. And the very words of God this morning for us is the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This is the call of the shepherd. The flock of God hears the call. They obey the call. They read the words of the shepherd. They ignore the voices of the thieves and the robbers and the world and the sinners and Yesterday, they ignore those voices because they hear the voice of the shepherd that called them out. It is his voice that they hear, and that they hear, and that they obey. Is that not the distinguishing mark between the worldly and the Christian? I hear the voice of my Savior. I hear the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of the shepherd is peppered from Genesis to Revelation. So I read my Bible so I can hear the voice of my shepherd who calls me. And we'll get to obedience in a moment. And what that looks like. Because there's some responsibility, of course, that happens when those hear the voice. If you truly know the voice of God, then you have an obligation, right? If you hear it, you must hear it. If you hear it, you don't hear it, you didn't hear it. Jesus says that multiple times in the gospel. In his gospels, you hear it multiple times. If you hear my words, if you don't hear it, you didn't hear it. You do not have ears to hear. You have not listened. You have not heard. So there's some human responsibility that's going to come into play as we move forward. For the people of God, they enter the kingdom of God through the glory that God has provided, and they follow the shepherd that God has sent. And Jesus uses a figure of speech here, but they miss the meaning. See, these folks that are trying to enter the kingdom other than through the shepherd. You can hear the voice of the shepherd, he says. And then more importantly, this is really telling them, you are the voice of the stranger. The words of the Pharisees, they were using you are the actual voice of the stranger. You might remember from a few stories ago, he actually told them that they were of their father, the devil. Even though But in this passage, he's saying, you really are the voice of the stranger. You are the thieves. You are the robbers. You are the ones who should have known better. 
You should have listened to the voice of the shepherd because that is the voice of God. If you had heard me, if you had listened to me, you would really belong to God and he would be your father. But I can tell that you are of your father the devil and you're nothing but a thief and a robber just like he is. You are a strange voice that sheep should not listen to. That the true sheep of God don't listen to you. Right? He says they won't obey the stranger. They won't listen to the stranger. They won't hear him. They won't listen to the stranger. So Jesus is about to tell them that the deliverer of God's people has come. Verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me, who came before me, it's important to say not come, but came, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and will find and go out and will find pasture. The thief, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Truly, truly, Jesus could say the promise of Ezekiel 34 that God himself would be their shepherd is come to pass. Truly, truly, the shepherd of God's people has come. I myself will be the shepherd. I will bring you the strength. I will be the strength for the weak. I will lead you out of the world of darkness and into the kingdom of light. I am the open door to the kingdom. Hear my voice. Behold, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The only way in, Jesus says, is through me. I am the door. I am the doorway of world. And I will bring you to God. I will bring you to God. The others who have come before me claim to be the Messiah are pretenders and liars. Through the open door of Christ, the sinner will find pasture, he says. Through the open door, the sheep will find pasture. And ultimately, what Jesus means is saying this I am the way of salvation, and I am God's provision for sinners. You will find pasture. Later in John 14, Jesus will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is there any other way into the kingdom of God? Is there any other entry? There's none. You narrow-minded, bigoted Christian, go out there and say that. You will be thought narrow-minded and bigoted. But the truth is, is that you do not enter the kingdom of God unless you enter through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection for sinners. There's no other way to go in. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. And as I've quoted this many times by Thomas Aquinas, something written 1,600 years ago, but very true. He says, without the way there is no going, without the truth there is no knowing, and without the life there is no living. Without Christ, there is no way of entering into God's kingdom. Without Christ, there is no way of escape from the kingdom of darkness. See, we must repent. Which means, what? You must turn from inward self-sufficiency. I can muscle my way into the kingdom of God if I just obey everything strictly. I'm going to muscle my way in. 
Well, I hope uh, many of you who were here last week would, would echo this fact that I stated quite clearly and maybe 300 times in that 50-something minute message that salvation is a grace. There's no way to muscle your way in. It's all grace. God has sent the shepherd. I must listen and believe his words. That's my way to enter in. That is my only way in. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it if I right knuckle it. I'm not making it into the kingdom of God. I must trust that Jesus' atoning death for my sin is sufficient for me to enter into the kingdom of God. We don't have to be dreaming, brothers and sisters, if we totally live in that truth every moment of every day. I'm not white knuckling it. I'm trusting Jesus. It's by grace. It's in His strength. Again, human responsibility is coming. We'll talk about that. But, we have to put the sin that we must trust in the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We must turn from inward self-sufficiency, turn from sin, and follow through the open door that is Jesus Christ. The voices of the kingdom of this age are thieves and robbers, aren't they? The voices that we, we hear so prominently, they're thieves and robbers. And what do they thieve? What do they steal from us? Most of what they steal from me, I'll tell you what they steal from me, is joy. The burden of the joy of my salvation. I should be walking in the victory of Jesus Christ, and instead I'm hearing voices that, that their aim is to rob me of joy, to put my heart and soul in turmoil. I should be walking in the victory and the joy of Jesus. And the voices of the kingdom of this age, they're thieves, they're robbers, they're pretenders, and their aim is to steal from the sheep, to rob them, and to destroy the joy of our salvation that is found only in Jesus Christ. But Jesus came that those who enter through and follow through the door would find life and abundant faith, spiritual life. And in that abundant faith, spiritual life that we find in Jesus, nobody can steal it. Nobody can rob that joy of salvation from us. No one can steal it away. And you know why? Mainly this. Because the joy of our salvation is that it is His work. And that He who saved me holds it. He holds my salvation. I'm not saved and then trying to hang on to it. Like desperate. Like, if I, if I, if I dress it, like I dropped my car keys, then I'm no longer saved. I've lost my car keys. I've lost my salvation. It is God who holds us. I am thankful that it's not dependent on me holding on to Jesus, but that Jesus is holding on to me. That He is hanging on to us. Nobody can steal that. They have to steal it from God. That's the point I'm making. Remember that this is the point of John's Gospel altogether, right? Is that these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you would have life in His name, abundant life, eternal life, life with God. Now I want to look at the attributes. What is this shepherd like? What is the shepherd Jesus Christ like, the one who God sent? Let's look at verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lay down, lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a higher hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a higher hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me I, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the promise that God himself will lead the sheep into the sheepfold. I am the promise of God that I will bring them home. I'm not only the entry to the kingdom, but I am the one who loves the sheep. I'm not merely a hired hand as the Pharisees are and who would flee in tough times. And even worse than that, in the good times, they fleece the flock. They either flee or fleece. Right? They're either running away when times get tough and they're not guarding and protecting and nurturing the sheep because they only care about themselves, right? Safety for me, leaving sheep alone. But in good times, what are they doing? They're robbing and stealing from the, from the flock of God. And not only the shepherd leads, I will soon become the lamb who sacrifices himself for the sake of God's elect. It made me think of Revelation 7, 17, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jesus is the Lamb of God who became a shepherd. But to, to us, as we, we sort of see it in reverse, Jesus is the shepherd who leads us out because he, he became a lamb for us. He became the sacrifice of God. Jesus is the shepherd of God's people and he loves them sacrificially, we should see in this passage. Verse 14 says that God... That the God Shepherd, that's who he is, the God Shepherd, Jesus Christ, is intimately known by his people and he intimately knows them. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Our Good Shepherd is intimately acquainted with you, with me. This is good news, brothers and sisters, because he's intimately acquainted with your failure and loves you. He's intimately acquainted with your weakness, and he strengthens you. He's intimately acquainted with your sickness, and he heals you. He is the Good Shepherd because he's intimately connected to his people. The Good Shepherd lays his life down for God's people. The Good Shepherd, in this passage, is the unifying shepherd. He makes the many one. He says, there are other sheepfolds that must hear me, and I must bring them in. Specifically in this passage, he's talking about Gentiles, right? Jews and Gentiles. But in our context, race doesn't matter. Political affiliation doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus is the unifying shepherd, the one who brings his people in, Right? He is where we find unity. That's why I'm thankful this morning that I kind of had the, the Lord impress upon me the, the idea of unity around the person of Jesus as we were proclaiming the confession of the word made flesh, you see? Because it is Jesus that unifies his people. 
What we know and what we know of the shepherd is that he is a unifier. He's the one who brings God's people together. In Jesus Christ, the many become one. Every tribe, every nation, every type of sinner becomes united in one flock by his sacrificial love for them. Those who hear him are his. Those who hear him repent and believe. Those who who see him follow him. Those who are diligently seeking after him, diligently studying his word and recognizing that the scriptures are the voice of Christ. I have an application this morning for us who are elders or pastors or those who aspire to this office. We need to know this, that you and I are called to be an under-shepherd to Christ Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And like Jesus, you are to be intimately acquainted with the flock. As I've said in other contexts, shepherds smell like sheep. Shepherds must smell like sheep. You are called to lead God's people out of the kingdom of darkness and direct direct them to the door. Direct them to Jesus Christ, the entryway to the kingdom of God. And if you're a shepherd, aspiring shepherd, you're a pastor, you're an elder, You too are called to love the flock of God in a sacrificial way. That means nights, weekends, and early mornings, you are on call, constantly on call to lay down your life for God's people. And you are to proclaim sound doctrine that the flock of God would not hear your voice and would not hear the voices of the world, but they would hear the voices of the scriptures concerning the good shepherd, Jesus Christ should be clear that in the preaching of God's word, that the preacher of God's word ought to not want you to hear his voice. I'm hoping this morning you have not heard me at all. I'm hoping that you've heard the voice of the shepherd, the one who loves you. You are anything I could ever love you. For the rest of the church, that which the elders are supposed to do by example, All of us should aspire to do in our own relationships with each other, with the rest of the flock. So I would say this. If the shepherds are supposed to smell like sheep, should sheep smell like sheep? I think sheep ought to smell like sheep. Sheep ought to smell like other sheep. Do you keep yourself connected to the flock other than the Lord's day? Or are you infrequently gathered with the sheep so it's difficult to tell if you're part of the flock? I don't know what you smell like. If you're spending your time in the world, maybe you come in and you smell like the world. Maybe your attitude is that of the world, and so really you don't smell like a sheep much. I mean, you're not around sheep. You've got to be around sheep to know how to act like one. I think sheep should smell like sheep, just like the shepherd ought to smell like sheep. Well, Moving forward, verses 17 and 18. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. Jesus says, my authority from the Father is proved by my obedience. To the Jewish audience, he says, I will lay down my life for the love of the Father, and I do so not out of compulsion, but in obedient love. I have received this charge from my Father to lay down my life for his people and to take it up again, that I would give new life to those who repent and believe the gospel. As I've said before, 
I'll say it again, the people of God are people of grace. The people of God obey the words of Christ, not out of compulsion, but out of an attitude of gratitude for the sacrificial love and obedience that the Good Shepherd has shown toward us. The people of God do the will of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The people of God enter the kingdom of God through the open door of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who has taken away their sin. Grace says this, I trust not in my own righteousness, but I walk in the deposited righteousness of Jesus Christ, received by faith in his atoning death, and walking in the spirit of his resurrection from the dead. As we look at the conclusion of this passage this morning, in verses 19 through 21, it reads, There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, They are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a a demon open the eyes of the blind? Doesn't this bring us back to chapter 9? As this concludes chapter 10, this part of chapter 10, it brings us back to the the theme of where we were driving from in chapter 9. The conclusion of the passage here is that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are those who are blinded by the proclamation of the light that is in Christ Jesus, and those who have received the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it illuminates Jesus Christ as the only way to enter the kingdom of God. And those who have seen this light, those who have had the light of the gospel shine, have had their ears enlightened to hear the voice of the shepherd, and they follow his light out of the kingdom of darkness, and they walk now in the kingdom of light. Now, I don't know 100% where everyone is this morning, so I'm going to leave you with a really with a question. I'll go back to Jesus' statement first and leave you with a question. Jesus' statement, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That's the call to the kingdom. And I'll leave you with this question. Are you blind? Are you blind? Can you hear you see, that question says this, that it's not about what I've said to you. This, I mean, hopefully the Holy Spirit is going to use those words. But it is God the Holy Spirit where you and I need help. So are you blind? We must plead with the Holy Spirit this morning, open blinded eyes. Can you hear the voice of the shepherd? Are you deaf? God, open by your Holy Spirit's power the ears of the deaf that they might see. And, they, and by seeing Jesus, they might believe. This is totally a theme in John's Gospel, isn't it? Seeing Jesus. That if they would just see Jesus, they would believe and he would give them abundant life. If they would just see Let us take a moment of silence just to reflect upon God's word so that it would have its full effect in us. Father God, I do thank you for your word this morning. I 
I thank you for the way in to the kingdom through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That the way into the kingdom is the way out. And it's all through Jesus Christ. All because of your divine mercy. And you enable us to please you by grace through Jesus Christ and through our faith. So we ask, Lord, that we would be kingdom of God people. We would be people who heed the voice of the shepherd. Help us be diligent to seek out your voice in your word throughout this week, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.